Welcome to the Revolution of Interdependence podcast. If you want to improve your life all by yourself, that's your business. But if you want help from others, well, that's our business. And that's what this podcast is all about, helping each other succeed. My name is Will Sampson. I'm a social scientist who guides executives and companies to new levels of growth. So I want to tell you a story about two people, Jason and Olivia. One day, Jason was working at his desk, and he looked up from his computer, and he was surprised to see Olivia, his old high school classmate. She was walking down the row of cubicles with the CEO of his company. Their eyes met. She headed headed over his way. Jason, hey, Olivia, what are you doing here? Now, Jason never thought he would see Olivia again after she left for college and moved to the city. Olivia explained, I'm here to sign a partnership agreement with your company. You guys are going to be providing services to me and to my company. That phrase, my company, it didn't sit well with Jason. He'd been grinding it out for over 10 years, and he'd only climbed a few rungs up the corporate ladder. Are you in management, he asked Olivia. No, I'm the CEO of a new startup. It's a startup that I built with some friends, and we are growing like crazy. We have to outsource some of our work. That's why I'm here. Jason was not particularly happy with this news. He and Olivia had been in a lot of the same classes through high school. They grew up in the same neighborhood. And he didn't even mean to ask his next question out loud, but he almost blurted it out. What's your secret? Olivia explained that it wasn't really a secret. She had simply learned how to rely on other people and how to allow other people to rely on her. She stayed in touch with her teachers from high school She even came back to speak in their classes. She relied on her college professors for internships and career advice. And now, she mentors mentors interns herself, even as the CEO. Olivia was able to find a deeper way of living in the world because she didn't have to go through it alone. In short, Olivia had learned how to practice interdependence. Well, welcome to this first episode of the podcast. I started with that story because interdependence is not a word we use all that much. We have a poverty of words to describe our interconnection. All of our language centers around individuality and self-improvement, and that only serves as further separation from one another in this world, where we are already separated so much by norms, by structures, by language. All these things that dictate what any individual can achieve— They dictate what any individual believes they can achieve. And that's why I named the podcast The Revolution of Interdependence. And that's why we need a revolution. And if you're here, I'm hoping that your heart, your mind, your soul, that they're there with me. Why do I call it a revolution? Well, we need to get rid of one system and replace it with a different one. Now, let me be clear, I am not talking about politics, Changing our political structure as hard as that would be would actually be easier than what I'm suggesting. I'm talking about a fundamental shift in the way we think and act toward each other. I'm talking about a change so radical that we would begin to be honest and vulnerable about our needs so we can support each other in meaningful and specific ways. I'm calling for a revolution where we find new ways to work together as humans because Rugged individualism, it just isn't working. We can create something beautiful out of the brokenness that exists all around us if we work together. Now, 
To understand why we need a change so significant, it's helpful to think about where we are in human history right now. Right now, it is the best of times, and it is the worst of times. Why the best of times? Well, we're in the middle of this rapid growth in human potential. You know, the era we live in, and especially the last 20 years, has seen this explosion of new ideas for pursuing individual human thriving. We've seen all these great new models come out, models like Mindset by Carol Dweck and Flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And positive psychology has entered the mainstream. It seems like every year we move forward in new models for how the individual can thrive and grow. We're also witnessing a revolution in new methods for personal growth and healing and recovery. You know, through, now through fMRI scans, we can identify and target the areas of the brain that motivate people toward negative behaviors like substance abuse and depression. Research, researchers are using light technology to stimulate portions of the brain that shape our motivated behavior. Look, we, we know more about the human brain than ever before. And the consequences of this new knowledge are that we can help individuals overcome trauma, find healing, and find ways to thrive in the world. So, are we? Are we using our new knowledge of the brain to help individuals? Without a doubt, yes. There's a significant number of people that have been helped by these advances in human potential. And these new models, these new methods, they're providing some with the roadmap for growth and thriving. So are we living in nirvana? Obviously not. I'm guessing you don't believe that or you wouldn't even be listening to this podcast. At the same time that we're seeing a revolution of individual human potential, we're also viewing a crisis of depression, a crisis of growing inequality, a loss of opportunity for advancement. And, and I don't think these problems have political solutions. You know, we think in such political terms these days. We're very tribalistic. We want to know, are you on my team? But we had better start figuring out how to get on each other's teams because this time we're in is, in a, is a time of true global crisis. I want to tell you a little bit about my story because it really relates to the question of why this idea of interdependence is so important to me. In my personal life, I had experienced a certain amount of success, and then I reached a crisis point. I reached a crisis point where everything started falling apart, and I didn't know how to control the circumstances. So I spent 10 years in active substance abuse. Now, I looked okay on the outside, but those closest to me knew I was hurting, hurting and broken and dysfunctional. I just didn't know how to ask for help, and I thought, frankly, that I was just broken. I thought I was bro broken and unable to be repaired. See, in addition to my addiction, I dealt with a lifetime of learning disabilities, including and especially attention deficit disorder. Like a lot of people with ADD, I, I just thought everyone knew something I didn't, <laughs> that I had, they had received some instruction manual that I was not given. And I just wanted to get away from the crisis that was my life. And that desire to escape drove me deeper and deeper into substance abuse. And I crashed. I crashed hard and I burned. And then I came into the rooms of recovery. And here's what I heard there. Let us love you until you can love yourself. Let us demonstrate for you how to authentically talk about your needs. Let us show you how to be vulnerable and how to share the pain in your life. 
Now, they didn't use this word, but what they were demonstrating for me was interdependence. What they were demonstrating for me was how we help each other succeed. Now, most people reject recovery programs for two reasons. The first is that they don't want to admit they can't do everything for themselves. And I certainly didn't want to ever admit that. That's a humiliating thing. But powerlessness is a paradox. See, we tell everyone they are completely empowered to live their best life now, but it's kind of like the software licensing agreements. You know, we all page down on them and then we hit agree. We didn't read the actual fine print. Here's the reality. We are fully empowered in some areas, but we need other people for everything else. Every year I admit my interdependence when I take my taxes to my accountant. Every morning I admit my interdependence when I flip on a light switch or I check the weather put gas in my car. I don't say it out loud when I flip on the lights. Now I am being interdependent because that would be really weird. But it is the reality of our life. Take a moment right now and just mentally walk through your day and you'll quickly see how interdependent you are. There are all kinds of other people doing things that empower you to live your life. And maybe we don't want to admit a certain amount of powerlessness, but we could state this positively. You are empowered to live your best life because other people make it possible. Now, we are, we're deeply afraid of this concept. Why are we so afraid of this idea? Well, one of the first reasons is our culture. The world we live in is constructed by the stories we tell ourselves. And our culture is dominated by stories that tell us that we have within ourselves the power to do everything we need to do. A lot of that is tied up in the self-help culture, and we'll explore more of that in our next episode. But the idea that we should be able to make it on our own, that we should be able to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, is so deeply embedded in our culture. I'll tell you an interesting story that highlights this. So I use AI software to help me write copy for clients and for other places where I need written words. It's an incredible tool. What it does is it goes out and it reads the internet, it learns what everyone is talking about, and then it creates unique copy based on trends and memes that are out there. So it's a good judge of what's happening in our culture, what people are talking about, what they're reading, what they're searching. So I asked this software to help me write about interdependence, and frankly, it had a really hard time. I would ask the software to write about how we help each other succeed, and it would inevitably default to writing copy about how we are on our own and it's all up to us. I would ask the software to write copy about service to others, and it would inevitably default to the way helping others helps me. Now, there's a certain truth to that, right? Helping others does benefit me, and we have countless studies and reams of data to demonstrate this fact. But it's also true that when we suffer from issues like depression, we are more likely to know we need help. There's a study in the journal PLOS-1 that demonstrates clearly that individuals with major depression know they need help and they want to seek support. So we intuitively know that seeking help is a natural behavior for us during times of crisis. And yet, it seems that so much of our literature and so much of our cultural conversation is about making it on on our own. Why is that? Well, It's been part of our origin story, particularly in America or in the West. We have this origin story of independence, that we've completely made it on our own. 
And it's also true that we're concerned about codependence. We've dedicated a great deal of attention in our culture to the problem of codependence in both our psychological literature and our self-help conversations. And there are people that are dear to me, people that I connect with in my work as a coach, who have very real reasons to be afraid of codependence. But I want to suggest that a false belief in independence is also a, just a pathologically flawed cognitive model. The idea that we can make it on our own without anyone's help is as false a belief as the over-reliance on or addiction to another person. I had to overcome a false kind of independence myself in a very real way. I had to make myself a client of the ideas I was sharing about interdependence and the way we help each other succeed. It reminded me of a commercial growing up. In the 1980s, there was a commercial for a product called Hair Club for Men. Now, this is an ironic story, given how completely bald I am. (laughs) But the commercial was for a product that would help men regrow their hair, and it featured this guy named Cy Sperling. Toward the end of the commercial, he would always say, and remember, I'm not just the president of the company, I'm also a client. And then after saying that, he would hold up a before picture of his bald head, and then he would comb his hand through his mane of beautiful hair. So when I convey the story of interdependence, I'm not just someone sharing an intellectual idea. I'm someone whose life has been transformed by practicing these principles. Now, in all this criticism of independence, I want to be careful to say that we all need to mature. We all need self-motivation and agency. We need to be moving towards self-actualization in our personal journey toward growth and wholeness. But it's also my experience that a false kind of independence got me in trouble as well. By contrast, admitting that I don't have everything I need within me to succeed is what has ironically helped me thrive. I stated earlier that people tend to be weary of the language surrounding recovery programs because they don't like to admit there are things that are outside of their control. The other reason people tend to be weary of the language of recovery is that they don't want to admit that there's something bigger than themselves. It walks and it talks like religion. And there are just way too many reasons to cover here why religion is a problem in our culture. It is preachers gone wild out there. We see that and we think, nope, I don't want any part of that. And that is certainly not what I'm advocating as a key element of interdependence. So what do I mean when I say that interdependence requires us to believe that there's something bigger than ourselves? Well, there was a sociologist who wrote in the 1960s. His name was Philip Reif. And he wrote a book called The Triumph of the Therapeutic. And in that book, he theorized that eventually we would all be our own authorities. We would each have our own ideas of how to live and how to behave. And that seems to perfectly sum up the world we live in now. So to achieve a life of wholeness in our own life, to grow beyond the circumstances we are handed, it really does require that we figure out how to do it together. It reminds me of the ancient proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone, If you want to go far, go together. We cannot go far in our self-improvement journey if we choose to go it alone. We do not have what we need completely within ourselves. I've spent many years now studying the self-help movement. My research area originally was in the sociology of religion, but there's a lot of shared concepts present in the self-help movement, particularly the idea of the hero's journey, 
which is all too often in this day and age interpreted as the one person who succeeded all alone against the odds. Now, I listen to a lot of personal success stories as part of my research, and I find that there's often a common thread. I'll listen to a successful entrepreneur, and they'll tell me the story about how they crawled up from low circumstances and made a name for themselves, how they became successful despite the lot they were handed. But then, as the interview goes on, I hear about the mom who stood in line to get the welfare food. I hear about the teacher who encouraged them. Inevitably, in all these stories of individual success, it turns out there's a whole cast of characters that help that person become the success story that we all want to hear. And having a team committed to my success is something I've experienced in my time of growth. Now, I'll admit I was a bit of a self-help dropout. <laughs> If there was a popular self-improvement concept to be tried, I had probably tried it or some version of it. And I know I benefited from what wisdom was contained in those books. But for me, the turning point was when I admitted I needed others so I could succeed myself. So I want to take the last part of our podcast and share four reasons why we need interdependence. This is the first in a series, and we'll expand on these ideas throughout the podcast. The first reason why we need interdependence is that it is the reality of how we live. Whether we admit it or not, being interdependent is the world in which we exist. It's just how things work. Now, we often carry around these ideas in our mind that are not true. We call these thinking myths. These are beliefs that are not true, yet still widely held in the world. Things that even our own experience doesn't validate. So being open to the idea of interdependence is just being open to the reality of how the world works. It's also being open to the reality of life. Living into the reality of interdependence, though, it also allows us to shine in our areas of strength. I mentioned taking my taxes to the accountant earlier. Accounting is not my area of strength. It's certainly not a thing I do. I've never developed that skill, and frankly, there are many areas where I will never develop skill. But by practicing interdependence, I can shine in those areas in which I'm best. If you try to succeed at everything, you'll be good at nothing. The most successful CEOs and entrepreneurs have teams around them because they realize they can't succeed alone. Now, a third and related reason we need interdependence is that it creates the context for a better functioning world. Interdependence allows us to bring our best contribution to everything we do. The way, in, the way we show up in the world, it's determined by three things. Our past, our programming, and our predispositions. All of those elements combine to form in us a particular view on the way we contribute best in the world. And when we're contributing our best self, we have a sense of peace. In fact, there's a, there's a Hebrew concept called tikkun alam, Tikkun Alam could be thought of as the kind of peace that exists when everyone is contributing their best self to the world, to their families, to their companies, to their organizations, and to their communities. Interdependence allows us to contribute in that way and makes the world work better. And that brings us to the last reason, which may be the most important of all. I gave you this reason last, so it is clear in your mind. The reason I'm about to give you is the exact purpose for which I started this podcast. By practicing interdependence, we can help build cycles of service that benefit us and the world. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting kumbaya or some you know, hippie peace pact with the world. 
But we are in a time of great crisis. We're seeing rapidly growing rates of depression, rapidly growing rates of income inequality, inequality of opportunity. And we can couch those things as social justice issues, but the reality is that they're really existence issues. We simply cannot continue the way we've been acting where a false narrative of pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps is the dominant narrative and success model. We have to learn how to help each other succeed. So hopefully by now you're convinced of the need to practice interdependence, and hopefully you're going to keep coming back to this podcast because I will be teaching those skills, the skills of interdependence here on this podcast. Now, I'm a teacher at heart, so I couldn't end the podcast without giving you a couple things to try as you focus on your own interdependence. I'm going to give you three prompts, three things you can do this week to practice your interdependence. First, I want you to think through your whole life. Can you think of a person, a group, or community that helped you be your best self? When you think about your success, can you think of someone you would not have succeeded without? Is there someone or some group who was a difference maker for you? So here's your first assignment. Tell that person or tell that group. Reach out to them in gratitude for the way they helped you succeed. Send them an email, send them a text, or better yet, write them. You know, like uh, old school with a pen and paper. And if they're no longer here, think about how you can tell the story of that person to the world. Here's your second prompt. As you go throughout your life over the next few days, look for those people who make your life possible and thank them. See, here's what we're learning about the dopamine in the brain. We've all heard that gratitude makes the brain happier by increasing our levels of dopamine. But it turns out that the greatest increase in dopamine is when gratitude is expressed toward us. So you want to make the world better? Thank someone, especially someone who does what is an otherwise thankless job. And here's your third prompt. Share this podcast. I'm starting a revolution of interdependence, and what I most need is your voice, your network. Our world is deeply broken. But there's a Japanese art called kintsugi where broken pottery is molded back together with gold. And the final result is beautiful and stronger than it was before. This week, help be the gold that puts the pieces back together by sharing this podcast with your friends. So that's a wrap for today. Please hit the subscribe button below to be notified of the latest episodes. And please follow me on social. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at The Will Sampson. Thanks, everyone, and I'll see you the next time on the Revolution of Interdependence podcast.